0: What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Beat Date back for another podcast episode. In this one, me, Adam, and Bailey all give our NBA teams, our all-NBA teams, first, second, and third team, uh, we talk about some of the positional flexibility, we cover a few of the candidates, a few of the debates, which guard should be the first team guard, Luca or Dame, uh, there was a big... LeBron, should he be on, should he be off discussion. We talk about our criteria for the different picks. So we had a lot of fun with this one. This one was one of the better ones that I've done, I'll say. And the playoffs are finally upon us, man. You know, the regular season concluded last night. Um, The time we recorded this was Friday. So it was before everybody played their final game. Um, So some of the numbers might be off just a smidge. But all in all... We had a lot of fun with this. Let us know what you think with our teams, what changes you would make, um, and stick around to the end, man. It was really a lot of fun. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Give this a like um, on whatever platform, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast and get notifications for when the next one comes out. Thank you so much. All right, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, B-Date, back for another podcast episode. And in this one, we are going to be discussing our all-NBA teams. Um, And in this episode, I'm joined by my guests from the previous two episodes, uh, Adam and Bailey. What's going on, guys? What's going on, man? What's up, man? Doing all right, doing all right. So, all-NBA for anybody who's just been under a rock, you know, at the end of the season, the NBA uh, gives – uh, awards, a first, second, and third team. So you're basically just trying to pick what you feel was the 15 best players from the season. Uh, the only restraints the NBA puts on is you must have two forwards, two guards and a center on each team to kind of keep some sort of positional functionality. Um, so without any further ado, I, I'm going to be more of the moderator today. I'm going to be more of the Joy Taylor, the Molly Carroll um, and let Adam and Bailey just kind of make their cases for their teams. Um, But before we get started with that, we'll start with you, Adam. Just kind of talk about some of the criteria that went into some of your decision-making.
1: Yeah, I mean, criteria is tough. How How do you narrow this down and pick it and, you know, put a guy on first team over another guy on second team? Especially this year, it seems like, the depth of talent in the NBA and the the amount of guys that deserve to be on these all NBA teams is as deep as it's ever been. Um, No matter how you end up setting it up, you're snubbing one guy or another who who legitimately deserves to be there. So I just kind of tried to gauge, you know, a, a combination of stats and performance and how guys impact winning, if that makes sense, how much these guys lift up their teams. And I try to put myself in the mindset of an opposing coach and mm-hmm. think about who's the guys I don't want to have the game plan for. Who's the guys that's going to present me the biggest problem?
0: Okay. And then for you, Bailey?
2: Yeah, he hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's very tough. No matter what you do, we're going to upset somebody that listens to this podcast because somebody's favorite player is going to get put on a team or get left off a team that they feel shouldn't have. Yeah. But – I mean, that's just like he said, this is maybe the most deep league we've had in a while in terms of just talent top to bottom. Um, But I kind of went a different route. I went as a guy who had, I tried to keep it as I had no dogs in the fight. I tried to be as neutral as possible. Um, I did a combination as well of like the eye test, like he was saying, who affects winning. And I'm a bigger stats guy than most people. I, I put a lot into the stats because that shows how you played night in and night out consistently. So it was a good combination of just what their season stat, stats are and then just the eye test from watching them.
0: OK. All right. So um, I'll kind of get us started here. Uh, we'll start with the first team. And it felt pretty safe for me to say that there were three locks. Um, the center position being Nikola Jokic, who will win the MVP this season. Um, at one guard spot, you had Stephen Curry, who is currently leading the league in scoring. And at one of the forward spots, you had Giannis Antetokounmpo, who has bettered his numbers from his last MVP stint, but just kind of got disqualified from the race because we're not giving it to uh, we're not giving a guy a three-time in a row MVP who's never been to the finals. We're just not going to do that as a society. Um so there's been a big raging debate on uh Twitter and all different platforms about that other guard spot next to Steph. Um and I know you guys have differing opinions on this one. So we'll start with Adam here. Um who do you think deserves that second guard spot on the first team?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm real excited to get into this, man because i I know a lot of our uh, fan base a lot of our listeners are are based here in our area which is the Dallas fort Worth Metroplex and I'm, I'm here to piss all those guys off today because I have I have Damien Lillard taking that that
0: second spot next to staff on my first team okay all right and um, just go ahead and give me a little bit of of your reasoning of why you had him over the guy I'm sure Bailey had so. I'm not saying Luca
1: does not deserve to be on the first team. Luca's a great talent. Luca is at that level. There was about a month-long stretch in, like, mid to late February, kind of into early March, where CJ was hurt. Nurkic was hurt. uh, Zach Collins is hurt. uh, Somebody else, I'm, I'm missing the other guy, another name. Some other Portland Trailblazer was hurt. Damian Lillard and Robert Covington were the only starters available for Portland. Anthony Simons was cracking the starting lineup. Mm. Things were bleak in Portland, and they persisted through all of that time solely on the shoulders of Damian Lillard. And I think that month alone is enough to to put him onto the uh, the first team. And he he kind of um regressed a little bit after that. Once everybody came back, he kind of hit a slump that has picked back up. He's had, I think eight straight 30 point games as of last night. So Dame's back, Dame's balled all year. And Dame really carried a, uh, an injury laden trailblazers team through the crucial crucial stretch of the season to keep them in contention.
0: Yeah, man, he's been awesome. Um, and, um, Bailey, uh, Just to swing the counter argument to you, go ahead and make that case for Luca.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, if anybody's ever listened to me when I've come onto a show, um, I'm a huge Mavericks fan. And uh, I think for some of the same reasons he had Damian, I'm going to have Luca. There was that stretch, I mean, first month of the season, we're down three starters to COVID, six rotational players to COVID. And we do start off with like a 5-11 record during this stretch. But Luca virtually won five of those games for us by himself. I mean, obviously, he gets a lot of players involved and other people score, but that's off of him, just the usage rate that he has and the control he has on the offensive end of the floor. And he made a good point. I'm not saying Damon Lillard isn't a first-team All-NBA guy, but it was like I said when you asked me the criteria. I mean, some people are just going to have to get bumped to a different team, and I think this is one of those instances he had mentioned something along the lines of Damian Lillard had kind of regressed once all those other starters came back. And then in the inverse, Luca probably got better when the other starters came back because he got more assists. It was better people shooting the ball that he was generating offense for. And uh, I mean, he's averaging, let me make sure, 28, eight, nine. That is one less point than Dame, but one more assist and four more rebounds. So if I just told you those two stat lines off of blank names, I think think everybody would go with their 28, 8, and 9. And then winning-wise, I mean, they have virtually the same record. That's why they're competing so hard deep into the season, and we've had virtually the same amount of injuries. Or players missing time, as Portland has, with CJ missing a lot for Portland and KP missing a lot for Dallas. Um, I think they both basically had the same road to this point, and Luka just has a couple assists more, a couple rebounds more. I think that was – Virtually the difference.
1: So, if I can respond to that and make this case here, um, the rebounds, Luka does grab more rebounds. I don't put a ton of stock into that, and while I'm not trying to take away from that, when I watch the Mavericks, I feel like a lot of Luka's rebounds are just being in the right place at the right time. I feel like it's less going up, winning, you know, contested rebounds in traffic. I'm sure he does, but I I don't think it was enough to swing it away from Dame for me. The assists, they're right there. Um, like you said, Luca is ahead of him. I think it's actually point seven is the difference. Uh, Dame's at seven point five and Luca's at eight point six. So my bad, it's, it's one point one. Um, but the other half of that that always gets left out. I'm real big into assist to turnover ratio like you can grab assists just throwing the ball all over the place but if you're doing it carelessly you're going to rack up turnovers as well. Dame assist to turnover ratio is way, way better than Luka. Luka is averaging 4.3 turnovers per game, which is second in the entire NBA only to Damian or, or to Russell Westbrook, while Lillard is down at only 3 turnovers a game. So I feel like that kind of, you know, mitigate some of that slight stat
0: advantage when you're just looking at points rebounds assists. All right uh, Bailey last word and then we'll move on to the forward spot.
2: Yeah for at least on the rebounding part uh, you said that he's in the right place at the right time a lot of times but isn't that a skill in and of itself being able to where the ball going kind to of come off the rim and be able to judge Absolutely. the ball in the air. So while you're right. Yeah, no, he's not out jumping in of itself. So that's why I'll put a little more weight into that. And Perfect. I get it. There's probably, there is what a five inch height difference between him and Damian Lillard. He's going to grab more rebounds, just being six, eight to Damian Lillard, six, two. So I get that point. But in the same sense, though, it's not really him being six, eight. That's getting him rebounds. It's him being a smart basketball player. So that's why sure, I can put sure. more into that. And then your turnover point is, is very good. Yeah, he does turn the ball over one more time a game but i guess my counterpoint to that is maybe some of the times lucas turnovers are coming from trying to pass the ball to his teammates more and this is no knock on damian lillard by any means but he's just more of a shoot first guy than luca is but they're both very big shoot first guys both very big shoot first guys not taking anything away from luca but or anything away from damian lillard as to the fact that he's a ball hog of any sense because we've talked about it like with the russell westbrook episode last week The best shot for Portland every time down the floor is a Damon Lillard shot. Yeah. And so he just looks to shoot more. And if you're shooting it more, you're going to turn it over less.
1: He's still pulling seven and a half assists a game.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. But that's still 1.1 less assists to your 1.1 more turnovers. All
0: right. So, um, yeah, I kind of – I think I edged Luca on my – Obviously, unofficial ballot here, um, but yeah, like like we said, you know, to preface all of this stuff, we're all picking nits. You know, all these guys um, are super great players and things of that nature. Um, so as we move on here, we've got our four guys. We need one more forward, um, and Bailey, I'll start with you this time. Who made that first team forward spot for you?
2: Man, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest here. I took the easy way out, man. When the <laughs> NBA announced. That Embiid became eligible to be a forward, I jumped all over it. <laughs> um, I was racking my brain as to how I was going to explain why he was a second team All NBA guy while he was going to finish second in MVP voting. Um, it didn't make very much sense to me. So when the NBA came out and said that, I just I went all for it. So Joel Embiid is going to be my second team or my uh, second forward on this first team All NBA. He's averaging 28 points, 11 uh, rebounds. He's very good on both ends. When he's engaged and healthy and locked in, I don't know if there is a more dominant player right now in terms of maybe not like the LeBron, Michael Jordan, Kobe dominant, but more along the lines of like Shaq where he's just physically imposing. He has the inside, the outside, the defense, a little bit of playmaking, a little bit of ball handling. And uh, he's a – I mean, he's just a – he gets in – I'm trying to – what's the word I'm looking for? It's like an instigator in the same sense, too. He's got that little crap in his blood Hmm. that'll get other teams off their game a little bit, too. He's a complete player, and I just couldn't find a way to get him not into that first team. It just wouldn't make sense to me.
0: Got you. All right, so, Adam. um, Yeah. Talk to me. So, so that's cheating, first of all.
1: Um, But but I totally get what you're saying, and and it highlights – the issue with the guard-guard forward-forward center lineup. I hate, it, because, I hate it because Embiid is going to finish second in MVP voting. He's probably going to finish third in Defensive Player of the Year voting, yeah. and that's the guy we're going to put on the second team. Like that's that's not right. So I, I totally get where you're coming from. I don't really understand how he even qualifies as a forward. Like how they came to that conclusion. Jokic too, wild, by the way. Jokic too, by is, the way. Which is why – did he? I didn't think he did. I thought Jokic was, was locked in at center. Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't understand how they came to that conclusion. So, like, when you have Luka at guard forward or you have Paul George or Jimmy Butler at guard slash forwards. those make sense. Embiid, Jokic, those guys are centers. Anyways, I did not take the easy way out. And um, I, I ended up putting Julius Randle on the first team in that other forward spot, which – really surprised me I didn't like have a predetermined notion to do that but when I really started digging into it that seemed like the obvious choice to me the guys who got those two forward spots on my second team who Randall would have ultimately just edged out put up actually surprisingly similar numbers um and missed a whole lot of games and the truth is that Julius Randle is balling and he is the engine that drives that New York Knicks team. If Julius Randle was not there, I do
0: not know where the Knicks would be. They'd be fighting for Cade Cunningham.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Um, that's interesting because on my ballot, I had, um, ended up going with Kawhi as that last forward spot. Um, Julius Randle was the toughest decision for me just because you, 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 but beyond all the stats, which are all career highs for him, um, he's just out of place mentally to where he's starting to see the game, the game's starting to slow down for him a little bit. Um, he's doing better making reads when they come and double him and things of that nature. Uh Thibodeau's putting a lot of pressure on his shoulders to be all of the offense and still guard the best uh interior player, and he's doing that just fine. Um But the reason I went with Kawhi was just, for everything Julius Randle does super well, Kawhi does it to that extra degree, um, primarily the defensive end of the floor. Um, I know durability was a big factor. Julius Randle's only missed one game and Kawhi has missed 18. Um, But um, as far as my criteria went health and like durability was amongst one of the lower things just based off of a COVID season, shortened season, things like that. So um, as we move on to the second team here, I felt like there were only two locks on this team and it was both of the guard spots. I felt like Chris Paul was a pretty easy lock for second team guard. And I felt like the other of the Luca Dame situation was the other guard. Um, so we will start with the forwards here. Um, Adam, go ahead and give me your two forwards. So Kawhi Leonard is my first forward who we just talked about.
1: Um, and my second was Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. which was tough. Um, the forwards gave me a lot of trouble in general, like it across tough. the ballot, how to, how to rank my forwards. Uh, I ended up going with Jimmy, though. I, I Maybe it's a little bit fandom because I, I just like Jimmy and I like m- the Miami Heat and everything but I feel like he's had a great year he's leading the NBA in steals um when he's able to play he makes Miami a whole lot better especially different these, team. Last, these last couple weeks here when when he's not been missing games hardly at all they're really starting to look like they're coming together and could
0: be a threat to somebody in the playoffs so. yeah so Jimmy and Kawhi there um Bailey what did you have for your two forward spots
2: I also had Kawhi as that first one. And like we talked about, all the, he checked all the boxes. He's a very good guy, very good forward, maybe one of the top five, six players in the game today. And I didn't have Jimmy Butler as my second forward. Um, it was very tough. I mean, he's having a great season. Miami's having a good season, especially after making that finals run last year and the quick turnaround and everything. Could have been very easy to have some fatigue and he's battled through it all as well as the rest of the team. And let me say, I'll, I'll preface this, my point with this. I didn't take games missed into consideration very much at all. I think every team has different reasons for why people can miss so much. So, for example, I think the difference in like a Julius Randle and Kawhi, I don't think Kawhi needed to necessarily miss all 18 games, but when the Clippers are as good as they are, they have the freedom to allow him to miss a couple more and not have to rush him back. Whereas if Julius, Julius Randle has probably played through a lot more bumps this season than anyone else because yeah. the Knicks need him as much as they can. Yeah. Um, so I say all this to go with my second team or my second team second forward was LeBron James. Um, he's averaging 25-8-8 and I do know he's missed what the last two months of the season but when the dude is healthy when the dude is out there he is the difference in the lakers having what was the best record in the league to now fighting for the 567 spot um it's the same argument that's made every year with him. it's the same reason why every year he could win the mvp if we really got it down to who's the most
0: valuable to the their v in, in MVP. yeah yeah
2: um because he is the difference in a team being the first place team i mean look what he did to cleveland They went to the finals. He left. They were the worst team maybe ever in the history of the sport. (laughs) I mean, he's just very, very good. 25-8-8 at age, what is he now,
0: 34,
2: 35? 36. 36, yeah. So 25-8-8 at age 36. Um, And this is with getting the best defenders night in and night out. This is with AD missing games alongside of him. And this is with having to try to get some of those assists to bleach hair Kuzma. And we okay. know how hard that's got to be. Blonde we hair. We know Kuzma's. how hard that's got to be.
1: <laughs> so that's no. why
2: I went 20. I went LeBron 25, 8 and 8. And when he's out there on the floor, he's a first team All NBA guy. But this year, he's just second team because those two guys that I had ahead of him were just a little better. All
0: right. And then uh, Adam, uh, your second team center. Joel. yeah,
1: I mean, it, it was, it was indeed that was kind of the obvious choice here. I do want to say, real quick, I, I think I took the missed games into account a little bit more than y'all did. Um, I, I with things being so close, with these guys being so close and in, in how well they played this year, there had to be something to tip the needle. And, uh, because like, like you said a minute ago, if you really get down to it, LeBron should be on the first team
0: every single year, but he's played barely half the season, yeah. All right, and then, uh, so what's left? Just your center spot, Bailey?
2: Yeah, my second team center, I went Rudy Gobert. Um, if, if I wouldn't have taken the easy way out, it would be Embiid here in the second team spot, but I did, as Adam said, cheat. So <laughs> um, I had to go I had Gobert in the second team spot. 14 points, 13 boards, and it's really like 2.8, but I'm going to round that up for him. Three blocks a game. Um
0: it's nuts. The
2: dude should get, like, he should get, Defensive player of the year, in my opinion. Um, if he's not blocking shots, he's altering shots. Um, he's gotten so much better on the offensive end in terms of just flat catching the ball. His hands are getting better. He's dunking, he dunks everything because he's so tall and long, but he's really the focal point of the Jazz right now with Donovan Mitchell missing so much. He's the reason that they're able to still win games, both on the offensive and defensive end of the floor. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. And uh, so that will lead us into our third team. And I know, Adam, you had Rudy as well as the third team center. Yeah, Um, I did have Rudy on on my third team. Yeah. So this one is going to be the one where we get some deviation, probably between Mm -hmm. the three of us, Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't feel like there was a single lock amongst these third team guys. So um, I'll start with my guards and then I'll let you guys go. I had Brad Beal and Kyrie Irving. Um, Mm -hmm. I went for Kyrie. Adam, we've talked about it a lot. I don't love Kyrie Irving as an off-the-court presence, but on the court, um, 25, 27, 5, and 6 assists, and he is, like, .03 away from being 50-40-90 club this year. Um, he's missed quite a few games, but it kind of feels like he's got – he's probably the biggest wild card in terms of the Eastern Conference because – he could either completely submarine the Brooklyn nets and just, they could underachieve and not make the conference finals because of something Kyrie did. But with that, they could also be the 2017 warriors and run through everybody if he's on top of his game. And like, like I said, man, all the off court antics aside, um, he's been brilliant on the court. No one can guard him one-on-one. And when you have a guy like that, who is your second side player. So like, you know, Harden and Durant are running actions on the strong side. And if you can just swing it weak side to Kyrie and let him break down rotating defense, you know, that that's what takes you from good to like potentially unbeatable. Um, And then Brad Beal team's garbage, aside from his backcourt mate, um, you know, 31 points a game, five rebounds. He's at almost 50% from the field just a smooth player man I, I love watching his game because he doesn't always need to be on the ball to be effective him coming off a pin down he not to the same extent but he has a lot of that Steph Curry sort of gravity where when he comes off a pin down to go to him you hit Alex Land or Daniel Gafford on a slip to the basket and that in itself it's not going to show as a stat but that is huge offensive impact so that's where I went for my two guards. Uh, Bailey, we'll start with you this time. Uh, talk to me about your two guards on the thirteen.
2: Yeah, so you made a good point about Kyrie. Um, when hit swung to him on the weak side, and he'll probably, off of that rotation, just have a one-on-one matchup. Yeah. He's probably maybe the third or fourth hardest guy in the league to guard one-on-one. The only issue, or what helps the Nets, the issue in Kyrie's sense is two of his teammates are probably higher than him on that list in terms of being guarded one-on-one. And I'm saying all that to say that I have James Harden as one of my guards. Um, again, t- I didn't take missing games into account very much. Um, as a Mavericks fan, I didn't take into account the him quitting on the Rockets either because that just meant he got out of our division and our conference. So I just flat went eye tests and stats and he's averaging 25, 11, and eight. Um, the thing to me that sticks out with that stat line is the 11 assists. The 25 points is great, especially when you consider that he's having to share the ball with Tyree and KD as well. And he's still one of the best, if not the best playmaker in the league in the past couple of years. I mean, he's led the league in assists. If, if he hasn't led the league, he's been in the top two or three in assists probably for the last five or six years now. Um, he's a very good playmaker. Um, does he take time? possessions off on the defensive side yeah he does but when he has to get there and get locked in he is a decent defender he's not obviously a first team off defensive guy but he is a decent defender and the Nets MO this year is just outscoring you they don't really care about stopping you because you're not going to stop them if they get one stop they win yeah virtually so I had Harden at one of those spots and then he was probably my biggest homer pick of the day Uh, my big fan pick I had Russell Westbrook make third-team All-NBA this year, 22-11-11. Um, basically, I had the same argument for him that you had for Brad Bill. I mean, last year when Brad Bill had the Wizards team by himself, they were poop. This year, they're fighting for a playing spot. Um, Russell Westbrook is one of those guys that just night in and night out is going to give you 150,000%. Um, he's a great. Te- I-, I think he's a great team leader. Maybe he does it in his own way. And if you want to know what really more I'm talking about, make sure you check out last week's episode. But he does it really his way. And uh, I love that about him. I mean, he's going to come out. He's going to expect the best out of you. He's going to get the best out of you. And uh, and by you, I mean his teammates. He's going to get the best out of them. And he's going to give you the best he's got every night out. His fourth season averaging a triple-double and to average 11 assists with that Wizards side, that has to be like a – that's got to go into some history book somewhere. Yeah, I mean, those assists, are, those assists are going to, like, Alex Lynn and Ish Smith and stuff. So, like, he's <laughs> – those are really – he's really averaging, like, 17 assists if he had just competent teammates. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, I held that into accountability. I took that into account, 22-11-11. He's an energetic guy, one of my favorite players, probably right there behind Luca is my favorite player in the league. So – those are my two guards.
0: Aaron. Man, that's
1: fascinating. I, uh, I really thought long and hard about sticking uh, Russell Westbrook on my list as well. Um, I, I took James Harden as well. Um, e- even though he missed a lot of games, and I'm the guy who said I took missing games into account, uh, mm-hmm. He's played a little more than half the season at the point in time that he went down with the hamstring injury. James Harden was the MVP favorite, I think most would say. So, to me, if you reach the halfway point of the season and you are the MVP favorite, a a lot of crazy stuff is going to have to happen for you to not make the All-NBA teams at all.
0: So, James Harden
1: took uh, took one of my spots. Uh, Donovan Mitchell took my other one. Mm. Donovan Mitchell um, only missed 17 games, which it seems like it's been more than that. Yeah. Like, Donovan Mitchell has missed less games than Kawhi Leonard has. It it seems like he's been out for a long time, and I think the reason is that it doesn't feel like they felt him being gone too much. Mm -hmm. They've kind of just kept chugging right along, which sort of made me question that. But uh, if he doesn't make it back for the playoffs, I guarantee you it will be felt. Donovan Mitchell is the best player on their team. Donovan Mitchell was really taking over as, like, Like, the guy. You talk about having the guy, the, oh, my gosh, we need a bucket now. Like, just get the ball to the guy and let him go create. Donovan Mitchell is is the guy on the 50 and 20 Utah Jazz who have the best record in the NBA.
0: So, Adam, let me come to you with a a quick follow-up, right? So, you went Donovan Mitchell, which gave you two Jazz players. Was it simply off of best record in the league that made you take him over a guy like maybe – um, like a Kyrie or maybe a guy like a Devin Booker or uh, any more guards? I don't know. I, I guess those are the really only two uh, or, or even Russell, Russell. Um, was it just simply like, Hey, they're the best team in the league. They kind of deserve two, or was it a little bit deeper than that?
1: So the two thing was just a coincidence that wasn't like planned. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell by default over Westbrook or Brad Beal based on them being, the best team in the league, and the Wizards being awful. Um, I mean, they're playing team, but I mean, they're they're tenth in the the lesser of the two conferences. They're awful. As as uh, when you talk about Kyrie or who was the other one that you mentioned, um, um, what it? Booker, Booker, yeah. Booker. The, what what set Donovan Mitchell above Kyrie or Booker to me is that Donovan Mitchell is the best player on that team. Okay. I don't think Devin Booker is the best player on the Phoenix Suns. I think it is all in second team Chris Paul. And I don't think Kyrie Irving is the best player on the Nets. I don't even think Kyrie Irving is
0: the second best player on the Nets. No, 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 dis- no disagreement on that one. Yeah. All right. So a side um,
2: question, just real quick, just, yeah. just
0: real quickly outlier.
2: Is it fair to say that even if Devin Booker may not be the best player, is it still his team though? When you think Phoenix Suns, you still think Devin Booker probably first? Or
1: what are we saying here? Because so, Chris so Paul – Yeah, so go ahead. I, I think Chris Paul commands more as, like, the leader of the team right now. But Devin Booker is the future of the Phoenix Suns. Okay.
2: Because I've always – I mean, just when I think Suns, I think Devin Booker. But I didn't have them on my list either. And I did have Chris Paul's second team. And it's kind of – I'm saying the same thing. Was a point to my Westbrook point is really what I'm getting at. When you think Wizards, do you think Bradley Bill or Russell Westbrook right now? Because Russell Westbrook's kind of. Yeah, I mean, they are 10th in the Leicester Conference. But when you think of Wizards, is it Westbrook's team or Bill's team?
1: Brandon.
0: At current, I would probably say Russ. Um, And that's not a knock to Brad. I think it's just. He, Bradley Beal is an amazing offensive player, and he's a lot of the things that, he's kind of the um, straw that stirs the drink offensively. I think Russell's total impact over a game is probably felt a little bit more, so I'd probably lean a Russell.
1: I think Russ, too, as far as the team, because Russ is there every night to try to do everything he can to propel that team forward and get this dub. Brad Beal just wants, wants to get Brad Beal. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way. Well, I guess I do. But, I mean, he's second (laughs) in the NBA in scoring. That's not just because he's like, ah, screw the team. But I feel like he's a lot more concerned with getting his stats
0: than he Adam, winning basketball. Adam, today. you sound like Kent Bazemore, man. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i out here
1: pulling hamstrings
0: just trying to keep <laughs> up. Hey, man, you was lame. You don't know why I play this game, why I suit up. <laughs> all right, that was cool there. Um, so as we go from our guards, that was really good, man, because the, all these guys, like, like I said at the beginning, we're kind of really picking nits, but um, – This third team is going to be really interesting. So let's go to the forwards, man. Um, I'll start with Bailey this time, and then we'll go Adam and then back to me. Yeah,
2: so the forwards, I had, again, it was a super – this was probably 13 forwards was probably the longest I've thought about all of them. Yeah. Even to the point where I switched one of them mid-episode right now talking to y'all. Like, (laughs) that's how long I've, I've thought about it initially, I didn't have Julius Randle making an all-NBA team. Um, I, th- I think some of that had to do with maybe, and this may not be the right way to think in terms of just how all-NBA is just based off one season, um, but I think a lot of the Knicks, a lot of Julius Randle's stats, this was my thinking pre-show, though, so I want to forefront it with that. A lot of his stats come from he's really the only competent offensive player that Knicks have right now. I mean, yeah. RJ Barrett shows some promise, but then I think he played against the Lakers, what he went like two of fourteen or something. He
0: was with us. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like he he <laughs> still has very bad nights. So I, I held a lot of the offensive stats a little less weight because he is literally all they have offensively. Mm-hmm. And he did tear the Mavericks up, but again, it was just more of like the Knicks. I mean, Thibodeau's never been a great offensive coach. We'll call it spade a spade. He's a defensive guy through and through. So I mean, that's why I did that. And I edged Paul George at the beginning. Over Julius Randle. Um, I think that he's had a good season and the Clippers are very good. And maybe I helped maybe that's where it was. They were on a better team record-wise in the better conference. But after listening to you make the point for him to be first team, I went ahead and slid him in to that third team spot over uh, Paul George. I mean, like Brandon said, a career highs 24, 10, and six. And in the same sense that I'm saying he is the only thing they have offensively, that's why his stats are a little better that's probably a case for him. I mean, teams are – double. I think in the Mavericks game, he was being doubled every time he touched the ball. He still gave us, like, 34. Like, when you're able to do that, you've you've made it to that next level. You're a next-level player, and next-level players deserve to be on an All-NBA team. So as far as this season goes, he's going to be – he's going to make my third-team All-NBA. And then my second forward on this team comes from a team who's been very disappointing this year, um, and that's the Celtics. I mean, they really don't look good. They've dealt with some injuries, but they've also dealt with the people that they've signed are just haven't panned out. Kimba Walker really hasn't been great for the Celtics. Um, a lot of their players that they've put some bread in really just haven't panned out. Tristan Thompson. And, uh, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they traded for like Wagner. Like it just, it's bad. It's just <laughs> been bad this year. Yeah. But Tatum's been the one consistent bright spot all year long, 26, 7, and 4. Um, He's doing this at, I think he's like 22 years old now, 23 years old. He's the face of one of the most storied franchises in the league. He's getting the most attention on the defensive end every, every single night. And uh, he's just coming through every single, I mean, every single night he's coming through. He's the only reason the Celtics are even probably out of the play in tournament. If I think they're even are, aren't they like the seven seed right now? I think they're
0: confirmed in the seven now. Yeah. yeah. So like he's, lock.
2: he's, He's the only reason they probably are even the seventh seed. I mean he's virtually has the same usage rate as some of those guys that I had listed higher up on the other first and second teams he just isn't producing quite at the rate that they are. Mm-hmm. I mean 26 seven and four is good but when all the other forwards ahead of him are all close to averaging triple doubles, um, that's why he made my third NBA all team okay
0: and then uh,
1: Adam? Uh, yeah, so my, my first forward spot went to LeBron James, who I have not, you know, managed to stick on a team yet because of how many games he's missed. I acknowledge, you know, in a perfect world, LeBron's first team every year. He's he's the best player in the world still. Um, he's just been gone for so long. So, so ended up sticking him down on the third team. And then I also went with Jason Tatum for basically all the reasons Bailey
0: just listed. Okay. um, For my third team forwards, you guys know I'm a Laker fan. I did not have LeBron James. ACP? Um, KCP? <laughs> blonde hair <Nah>. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, I just, I, I didn't want to put him on the third team this year. We, we talked about the missed games, but I just kind of wanted to show a couple other people love on this episode. Um, so at one spot I had Paul George and, um, the guy has just been very consistent all year. He's been very efficient all year. And, um, you know, he had the quotes at the beginning of the year or before the season started. Uh, I'm back with my uh, my new trainer. I'm on MFs, you know what, all day. Um, so, you know, we were all kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever, bro. Just don't hit the side of the backboard. And yeah. it kind of feels like we've, um, we've kind of underplayed the things he's done this year because of those playoff woes from last season um most notably the game seven where he didn't score in the fourth quarter I have to mention that I'm a petty Laker fan Mm. um but this year man he's just been rock solid I know he has missed 16 games but um the games he's played he's been phenomenal you're still getting the two-way ability you're getting more shot creation than than we've seen from him uh last year when he was on the Clippers. Part of it might be, you know, the new coach, Ty Lu, giving him the ball in his hand a little bit more, making him be the pseudo point guard um, because Patrick Beverly and Reggie Jackson damn sure aren't. You know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> I had him at one forward spot and the other one, Adam, I'm surprised you didn't have your boy, man. I had Zion Williamson. <laughs> yeah, as, I thought like, about it. As literally the last name on my all NBA team, 27 mm-hmm. and seven rebounds. from the field. The kid is what, 20 years old? Um, He's getting to the line nine times a game, which I just absolutely love that free throw stat. Um, That's comparable to like Jimmy Butler, who's at nine a game. It should be like 15, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But this is a 20 year old (laughs) kid who uh, literally just moves grown men, he moves grown men. Um, you can sit on his left hand. You know it's coming. You can't stop it. Uh, the guy has way less than optimal spacing, as <laughs> me and Adam have talked about plenty of times. You got Stephen Adams down there. You got Eric Bledsoe on the court with him. Wow, Brandon man. Ingram, who's a good <laughs> lonzo, uh, except in the month of February. Except uh, February. <laughs> Brandon Ingram, who's a good shooter, but would much rather like to play off the bounce and get him to his little mid-range areas. So Basically, I'm saying all five guys probably have one foot in the paint when they play the Pelicans, and it doesn't matter for him. Um, yeah, a fun fact: uh,
1: Zion is averaging the most points ever on north of sixty percent field goal shooting
0: hmm.
1: in a season. More than more than like Shaq ever did.
0: Yeah. Wow, so that's uh, pretty impressive, bro. And yeah. like a second year, second year, and really his first year, if you want to talk about games played. Um, he, he made a little bit of a stride defensively this year. It's still got a long way to go of course, but just in terms of a sheer force like how Bailey talked about Embiid, um, you saw a lot of those similar things um, with Zion this year. So I, I gave him a little bit of a shout out as the, uh, the last forward. And then um, Adam, you and me had Gobert as the third team center. Uh, Bailey, where did you go third team center? I
2: I really struggled to not – I really wanted to have this guy on the, on one of the teams. He's missed a lot of games, and it is Anthony Davis. Um, so when it turns out that Embiid was eligible to be a forward, it worked out perfectly, and I just slid Anthony Davis in to be my third-team All-NBA center. Um, 21-8-3 and this year. Um, maybe the second-best big we have defensively in the league behind Gobert. Um, you saw that game against the the Knicks when he locked in, it, life became very tough for Julius Randle. Yeah. And Anthony Davis is probably in terms of like just all around defense. He's a little better in sense. of uh, He's a little better than Gobert in the sense that he can go guard people off the dribble just a little better than Gobert can. Um, and that was a good point. Randle was trying to ISO him and try to get buckets there in the fourth and overtime and, AD was making life probably the toughest Randall's had to deal with all year. And then when you add that into the fact that LeBron's been missing games the last two months and AD's kind of been the one force that's kept y'all rocking. Yeah. And it hasn't been a great run for y'all this last, I mean, obviously two months, but who knows how bad it would have been if you had neither one of them. So AD's come in and at least secured y'all into at worst a playing spot, a playing tournament. And y'all still have a chance here with, two games left in the season to get out of the playing tournament. Yeah. So that's why he made my third team All-NBA. All
0: right. And then um, I got some... Honorable... I have a quick
2: question about Zion
0: real fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: That's a quick one. <laughs> when, we're, when we're talking about Zion, what do we think? So like, for example, he is averaging nine free throws a game here. And is Adam right? It, has, it should be more probably. Yeah. Yeah, it should be more. But do you think in terms of, like, the difference in him and Shaq and, like, where how they're both so physical and just more dominating than most other players are, do you think the reason he's scoring so much at such a high percentage is the centers in today's NBA aren't quite as big and physical as the ones that Shaq saw? Because, I mean, maybe the most physical center in the league is his teammate and Steven Adams. Like, he's not really playing – for every NBA that you play, you also have, like, a Chris Boucher. or for every for every (laughs) Jokic that you have to go against I mean you're playing the Mavs you have like Dwight Powell on you it's like do you think like where in Shaq's age it was like nothing but totally physical big men every single night out to where now it's maybe more like he's he is still seeing some physical centers but in the same sense he's seen like Porzingis as well who's not just the most physically
1: imposing guy that certainly could play a role um I think a lot of it has to do with the fact, I mean, you, you're comparing him to Shaq. He has more of a face-up game than Shaq did, you know, come, come handle the ball. And, and it's very quick and very nimble doing so. So it creates such a matchup problem where if you do have one of those more physical centers, they can't stay in front of them. If you do have a quicker guy who can stay in front of them, he goes up through their nose.
2: Yeah, yeah good point. So is that, and I, I'm asking all this, so is, is the Shaq comparison, is that going to be the Zion comparison forever? Or is he, like he, I think even he said once, like, I'm not LeBron, I'm Zion or something. Is he yeah. going to be his own compared player or is it a Shaq
1: comparison, maybe
2: what he'll have for the rest of his life?
1: He's going to end up being his own thing as he gets more, like, mainstream spotlight and people start to see the, like, quasi-guard skills that he has. If you mm. want to, like, actually force a comp Charles Barkley, I think, is is the better comparison than yeah, Shaq that, because like Barkley that. had a little bit of that that face-up game, a little bit more bounce in him than Shaq did as well, kind kind of like Zion does. I
0: like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so um, our physical profile too, like six six fat guy. <laughs> Inside the NBA after his career, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the worst shooters in the league.
2: No offense to him, but he's only shooting like twenty eight percent
0: from three. Yeah. And Chuck Chuck has the worst three point percentage of all time in the history. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So last thing here before we wrap up, and I appreciate you guys so much for coming on. So we've we've named our three teams. Um. I'll recap mine. I'm gonna have you guys recap yours real quick. Um. So my first team was uh, Jokic, Steph, Luca, Giannis, Kawhi. Second team, Embiid, Chris Paul, Lillard. James, uh, Jimmy Butler and uh, Julius Randle, And then my third team was Rudy, Brad Beal, Kyrie, PG, and Zion. And then uh, what I want you guys to do after you name your team is just give me who was that 16th guy who would have been, you know, the biggest snub, I guess, for your list. And for me, that was James Harden. Uh, Bailey mentioned it 25, eight and 11 assists. And it just feels like he has so much control over a, a super team like it's one thing to control, you know, any sort of team to control the best of the best. And they're like, damn, bro, we need you to pull the reins. So I had Harden as my biggest snub, quote unquote. Um, and then we'll go uh, Bailey and then we'll finish off with Adam. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So
2: my first team was Luca and Steph at my guards, Giannis and Embiid at forward, and then Jokic at center. Second team went Damian Lillard, and Chris Paul. Forwards were Kawhi and Braun and then Gobert was the anchor in the middle, and then my third team was Harden and Russ, with Julius Randle, Jason Tatum at forward, and Anthony Davis at center. And uh, my biggest snub—I mean, I probably had a snub for my biggest snub. Um, it came down to three players, and it were it was a uh, Kyrie, Bill, and Butler—all guys that y'all had on y'all's teams. Um, ultimately, I edged out Kyrie. Um, I think for the same sense that you're talking about Harden being a snub is a reason I have Kyrie. Um, and a lot of this may have recency bias. They just played us the other night. Mm. The Nets just played the Mavs. I think he gave us like 43 or 44 or something. Um, when he's untucked, when the Jersey becomes untucked, he's virtually unguardable. Yeah, um, He is the best finisher in the league outside of like, obviously like people who can just dunk regularly, but in terms of like just straight, being able to finish over, around, yeah. under, like, he, he's got the whole package. Um, he's, again, kind of the same argument I had for Harden on the defensive end. He's not a clamp you up guy. He's not ever going to just go and get you a stop. But uh, he's trying on that end this year a little bit. Um, and I think that as long as he doesn't go on one of those, those three-week hiatuses that he decides to go on, um, I, I think he is, like you said, the reason the Nets should be favored to win it all this year. Yeah.
1: Uh, all right, so I've got, I had Stephan Dame on the first team guards, uh, Giannis and Julius Randle and Jokic rounding out the first team, Chris Paul and Luca on the second team with Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, and Joel Embiid. Uh, my third team, Donovan Mitchell, James Harden, LeBron James, Jason Tatum, and Rudy Gobert. And my biggest snub was easily Paul George. Um, I'm glad one of us managed to get Paul George onto our list. He is, like we mentioned earlier, kind of still getting a lot of hate from being playoff P in the pandemic last Oof. year. Oh, um, um, oh, pandemic P out here. But, uh, but uh, honestly, Paul George has uh, really silenced a lot of that this year. He is on, you know, the revenge tour. He he's out here re- really putting the work. So. Uh, Paul, Paul George was the toughest guy to leave off. I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth between him and Jason Tatum for my final
0: uh, third-team spot. All right. Sounds good. Well, if you made it this far in the episode, I appreciate you guys so much. Um, be sure to rate it and share it out with a friend. Adam Bailey, thank you guys for joining me, and uh, we'll do this again soon, man. For sure. Yeah, man. It
2: was a pleasure.